Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Harry and Meghan miss out on an Emmy. Kate and William take the kids to Wimbledon and Samantha Markle has one last shot at her lawsuit against Meghan. I'm Jack Royston, Newsweek's Chief Royal Correspondent, and this is Newsweek's Royal Report. Hello listeners and welcome to the show. The Netflix series Harry and Meghan has not been nominated for an Emmy, which is a blow to the Sussexes. Since they won, it would have been the perfect way to come back from a miserable start to 2023. Obviously, I've spoken about that before a load of times recently, but I'm thinking about the reaction to Harry's book, the collapse of their Spotify deal, all this kind of stuff that we've been talking about on this show. Now, I can understand why the Television Academy members who vote for who gets nominated for an Emmy, I can understand why the roughly 25,000 of them, or however many there are, uh, may not have felt it was the right thing to do to shortlist the show. I mean, there were criticisms at the time, and not necessarily from the usual suspects either. Obviously, you know, when it comes to the Daily Mail or other British newspapers having a go at the Sussexes, that's obviously baked into pretty much everything they do every time they open their mouths they're always going to get a bucket load of criticism. However, you don't necessarily expect it from big, respected American magazines like Variety, for example. Um, So there was clearly a feeling at the time that this was kind of a rehash of Oprah with extra pictures and video because they had all that kind of home video footage of them uh, partying with uh, Princess Eugenie or, you know, hugging each other and and whatever it was. but after, you know, around two years waiting for content, it did kind of feel like maybe that wasn't really enough. Like perhaps it could have been enough if they'd come out with it a lot faster. But after such a long wait and also a huge wait for their Spotify podcast, I think there was a real weight of expectation on them to deliver something really exciting and new and unique. And on the other hand, there is also a part of me that would have loved to see them uh, nominated or or win, you know, even apart from whether you like the show or not, it would just have been great to see them go to an awards do, have some fun, enjoy the red carpet and enjoy the kind of Hollywood showbiz life. Because actually, you know, we really haven't seen them doing very much of that at all. And they've been in America for three years now. Um, and, we, you know, they've not really been going to premieres. They've not been on the red carpet. They've not been doing that whole Hollywood thing. Um, so that would have been great. Um, and, you know, that's, I think, in some ways a disappointment for us. I think it's a huge disappointment for them too, though. Uh, The show sort of doesn't, in a sense, need defending because whether you loved it or loathed it, it did sail to the top of the Netflix charts. And in that respect, it will always have been commercially successful. They will always be able to make this case for it being like a kind of successful project because it got the viewing figures, the downloads, and all of that kind of stuff. The problem was not so much the performance as the impact that Harry and Meghan had on the reputations of the Sussexes, particularly in America and particularly in California and Hollywood. Um, So I mentioned Variety. There was actually a piece by a really senior editor at the time um, saying something along the lines of it's long past time for Harry and Meghan 2.0. 
in other words, you know, they were still seen as kind of being stuck in the royal world that they were supposed to have left behind, whereas what perhaps people were hoping and wanting and looking forward to seeing was the kind of new look Harry and Meghan doing something totally different that didn't arise out of their past royal existence. And I think that's what's really damaging to them. It's this idea that actually they've got nothing apart from the world they left behind to trade off. Um, and the idea that they've, you know, they've done that story and it's over and they're now scrabbling around for something else to say, but not really finding anything. That's the bit that's potentially toxic to them. Now, an Emmy win alone would obviously not be enough to counteract that because you can only really solve that problem by coming up with some great new content, which garners genuine interest and which does not crucially uh, simply kind of throw hand grenades at Harry's family. Um, but it is very important to smell of success. And recently they've been smelling too much like failure, I think. And an Emmy nomination and particularly an Emmy win would really have, you know, made them smell of success again and look like success because the pictures of them at the award ceremony would have looked like success. Uh, people might remember the Queen had this famous saying that she needed to be seen to be believed and it doesn't just apply to the Queen it applies to lots of things and success is one of those things if you look like you're successful if you look like success you exude success and great glamorous pictures of you and gowns on the red carpet and picking up awards and all of that kind of thing then people really believe that your success is real um you know, on the other hand, they're still dealing with fallout from the collapse of their Spotify deal. Obviously, the words of Bill Simmons, a Spotify executive who called them grifters, still ring in the ears. And there was a swipe from the boss of United Talent Agency, a guy called Jeremy Zimmer, saying Megan was not a big talent of any kind. Now, obviously, United's you know really big talent agency, uh, so that will sting. But you know they're not done they're not finished and actually public you know we've been doing a lot of opinion polling at newsweek and initially there was a massive crash in public support for harry and megan in the days and weeks after harry's memoir spare came out i think it was actually more the memoir than it was the netflix show to be brutally honest but there was this massive collapse in public support for them but in the polling, things have already started coming back round. And the American public actually, I think, feel warmer to them now than their kind of peers within the industry that they're trying to make their names. You know, the kind of TV showbiz Hollywood uh, industry where they want to kind of be reborn as post-royal stars. That industry their peers are actually the people who are most dismissive of them currently, more dismissive than the American public more generally. So from their point of view, it's, it's really time for them to start trying to get the tide turning back the other way, um, start getting things moving back in the other direction. And obviously, Megan has signed to her own big Hollywood talent agency, WME, which is a positive step for her, but she's been signed to them for a little while now. We've not seen any big announcements yet. They might obviously still be in the pipeline, but it would be great for them if they could start kind of getting something new to show so that to try to clear the air, clear the bad smell out of the room from the collapse of Spotify. Um, I think that could be really important for them. And also, actually, you know, Megan never won an Emmy with Suits. And I don't think Suits ever won any Emmys. So I think from that point of view, it would have been really great for Megan to kind of have, you know, finally get this shiny bauble to pin to her jumper 
And, you know, also actually the other interesting thing, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but her Spotify podcast actually won two awards, but she didn't turn up to either awards do. So one of them, this is back at the end of last year, they actually flew to New York for the uh, Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Awards, which they'd been given. So they went and they picked that up instead and they didn't go to the People's Choice Awards where um, Archetypes, Megan's podcast had been, actually won an award. Um, So they kind of missed that opportunity, but then they had another one this year again archetypes was up for an award and megan didn't go so they've yeah i mean having missed both those opportunities i think stint at the emmys would have been great for them but it is what it is and um no doubt they will try to find some other new ways to go onwards and upwards it's going to be an interesting summer for harry because he's got all these court cases that are waiting judgments of various kinds so Honestly, I'm not totally convinced that America is completely fascinated by some of Harry's UK-based lawsuits, but he might, in terms of smelling of success, if some of those go his way, that might start to help kind of like return him to a situation where people kind of think that the stuff he does works and expect him to be successful. So that would help if those went his way. But, you know, we can only wait. And on that note, I'm going to take a quick break. And before I do, just a reminder to rate and review The Royal Report on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you get your favorite shows. And when I'm back, Kate and William took George and Charlotte to the tennis this weekend. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Now, it was a fun weekend for the Wales family. They um, had their annual trip to Wimbledon. William and Kate go every year, but a recent fixture has seen George go with them. And now Princess Charlotte has had her first trip to the All England Lawn and Tennis, Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club as well. Uh, So she watched Carlos Alcaraz beat Novak Djokovic. It was a tense match, five sets, so plenty of drama uh, for her first experience of Wimbledon. Um, Kate, I thought, looked great. She wore green um, and Charlotte had like a really kind of fabulous pair of sunglasses on um, and she also got really into it. She was kind of like throwing her hands in the air and cheering and Prince George as well. So, you know, really great to see the Wales children having such a fantastic time. There were a couple of side issues and only side issues, which caught my eye, both, both you know, Arguably minor things, but side issues nonetheless. One was Kate had an unfortunate moment where she was photographed with her dress looking like incredibly crumpled and creased, which honestly, I feel for her, you know, I'm sure men have crumpled shirts all the time and people don't even notice because, you know, men just 
we're not under as much pressure to look perfect in public. Um, whereas, you know, women are under much more pressure and even out of women, I think female royals are probably actually under some of the most pressure of all. Um, but the other thing it reminded us of uh, here at Newsweek was that Megan actually got roasted for something really similar back in January 2019. And... Um, in both cases, there's probably a degree to which some commentary is fair enough. Uh, it's kind of, I guess, like to me, it's kind of a bit like a bad hair day almost. It's like a nightmare, but on some level, it's kind of relatable and people are going to be a bit sympathetic because it's happened to us all. But back then, the Daily Mail did lay it on quite thick with Megan. I'm not going to lie. Um, they said she, or, you know, the headline was like, why are Megan's clothes always creased? Uh, they said she perpetually steps out in clothes that are creased and, you know, described it as a kind of fashion faux pas that plagued the Duchess of Sussex. So, yeah, like it kind of is a fashion faux pas. But in terms of just like that kind of volume with which they presented the story, it was quite interesting to me that they didn't actually pick up on Kate's example now. Um, the Daily Express did pick up on it. So fair enough to them. Um, but very few in the British media actually did. Um, and, you know, like, honestly, with Harry and Meghan's, you know, they've fired an enormous number of criticisms at a very wide range of people. And I think some of those criticisms are fairer than others. Some of them are possibly quite unfair. But one, you know, they're not wrong about everything. Um, and one thing that they're perhaps right about is that actually, you know, some of the coverage of them was a bit unfair. And I thought it was quite interesting that that story that the Mail did way back in January 2019 was actually within days of the uh, event at the Royal Albert Hall where Meghan and Harry um, had, uh, they, they went to this performance by Cirque du Soleil, uh, but it came like the afternoon, the evening after Meghan had told Harry for the first time how serious her mental health situation was at the time. She had obviously told him that she was experiencing suicidal thoughts. So this story by the mail was kind of at the height of the kind of, I guess it was the fairly near the start of the period of quite intense hostility towards Meghan in the British media, which then persisted throughout 2019. Uh, it was January 2019 for what's worth. Um, so, you know, they obviously didn't know that at the time that they did this story. They couldn't have known what Meghan was experiencing privately. But it did strike me looking back, just looking back at it and thinking about how we covered this detail versus how they covered it with Megan. I mean, they really did lay it on quite thick. But, you know, moving on from that, uh, there was one other thing that some people on social media picked up on, which was Prince George was in his suit and tie, which he wears a lot. Um, we've seen him we've seen him wearing this out kind of outfit to, I mean, major events where it's obviously expected, like the funeral of the Queen, or uh, I seem to recall he did for the Platinum Jubilee, I believe, as well, and also for some sporting events, including Euro 2020. And some people, when they see him dressed like this, sometimes feel like... Like he's dressed too smartly for a 10 year old, like he almost kind of looks like a sort of like a banker or a politician or something. Now, obviously, I guess as criticism, this is aimed more at William and Kate than it is at George himself, because I'm sure he has obviously only limited control of his outfits they wear publicly. And I would also say that there is a long history and tradition of royal parents putting their children in some silly clothes. Um, and this is actually probably like relatively 
normal compared to some of the other outfits that we, you know, the outfits Harry and William used to wear, some of them were just like, frankly, bizarre. And I think Harry has made jokes about that in the past. So yeah, for me, it does kind of look a bit over the top. And I prefer it when George is dressed a bit more relaxed. But also, you know, one other point is they were in the Royal Box at Wimbledon, and there is a dress code and the dress code does stipulate suit and tie. I kind of sort of think they would probably get away with not sticking to it. But on the other hand, if they did, it is possible that they would be accused of being treated with favouritism because Kate is obviously patron of the All England Club. So they could wind up being criticised in the other direction with people saying, oh, well, you know, why does George get to flout the rules just because his mum's the patron? Um, so they, you know, it's a difficult situation for them. And I can kind of understand why they dressed him the way they did on this occasion. Uh, but, you know, these are all, it's just minor things on what was clearly a lovely day out for the Waleses and they obviously all had a lot of fun and good luck to them. Now I'm going to take one more quick break but before I do a reminder to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jack underscore Royston. You will find all my latest stories for Newsweek and when I'm back it's make or break for Samantha Markle's libel lawsuit against Megan. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Now, when Samantha Markle first sued Megan, Megan's lawyer said they would give it the minimum attention necessary. But that has actually turned out to be quite a lot of attention after all. Um, Samantha is preparing a last ditch fight to save this case. It's more than uh, a year after it was first launched, and it's been thrown out twice in that time. So the judge kind of gave her one last chance to change it, change the complaint, get it right this time and see if she can get it through to trial. If she wants to take her allegations to trial, she's got to persuade the federal judge in Tampa, Florida, that there is something new, something more in this complaint than there was in, in the versions that came before. And at the same time, Megan is, you know, she's submitted it now, so we know what the complaint is, and Megan's lawyers have seen it, and they are saying to the judge that really it's nothing new at all, and this case should be dismissed and thrown out as baseless before it even gets to trial. Um, they're kind of obviously there's many allegations it's hard to boil it all down but in a nutshell effectively they're saying that the statements complained of were not actually defamatory in other words so the essence people sometimes do struggle with what defamation actually is uh, it's not simply a statement that is untrue uh, you know a statement that's untrue is simply a statement that's untrue a defamatory statement is one that damages reputation so it has to damage reputation in order to be defamatory if it is simply false, but not damaging to reputation, then it isn't defamatory. So Samantha's lawyer has actually been in touch with Newsweek and says Samantha's career was ruined, her life is inside out, and she will have one chance to redress the wrong done to her. Her cause is right, and we should survive the motion to dismiss to go on and fight this fight. 
Our judge is an Obama appointee, and I believe that politics means absolutely nothing to her honor who is going to be calling these balls and strikes the way she sees it. And she is a bright and objective woman who we who we believe sees the truth. Therefore, we should prevail. So a confident response from Samantha's team. Um, her new look complaint um, adds in for the first time Harry and Meghan's Netflix docuseries, which we've just been discussing. Um, some may remember that Harry and Meghan, the show that is, actually included an interview with Samantha's biological daughter from whom she's estranged. So that will no doubt have got under Samantha's skin. Um, but m- the main focus in the court filings really is Meghan's characterization of her childhood and particularly the r- relationship between Meghan and Samantha. Um, some of it gets really, really personal. You know, it's not just about them it's kind of about uh, their father thomas markle and also megan's mother doria um so among the contested claims is um, megan's statement to the netflix show that she lived with doria ragland during the week and when she was a child and um, then she lived with thomas on weekends her parents were obviously divorced but samantha says this isn't true she says you know, through her lawyers through in a court filing that um, megan lived with thomas full-time and she saw Doria on some weekends. So some, but not all, seems to be the implication. Um, now, any parent will know how big a difference there is between those two statements. You know, Megan saying that she was with Doria during the week and Samantha suggesting that she didn't even see Doria every weekend. Um, in the present, Megan is, of course, estranged from Thomas Markle, but very close to Doria. Um, she fell out with Thomas after he was caught staging pictures with the paps, with the paparazzi in the days before her wedding. So this is all the way back in um, 2018. It came out in the mail on Sunday in May. So, you know, really like days before the wedding happened. And, you know, meanwhile, Doria showed up at St. George's Chapel for the wedding. She's helped look after Harry and Meghan's children over a number of years, including, you know, she was there in Windsor during Archie's first days on planet Earth, helping Meghan with her, you know, very earliest experience of parenting. And she joined Harry and Meghan for the Women of Vision Awards um, in May. Two very, very different portrayals of Meghan and her childhood and her closest family relations. Um, so if this goes all the way to trial, it could get really personal. Um, and I suspect the gloves could potentially come off on both sides. Um, so the big question is, will it get there? Um, only Judge Charlene Honeywell can decide that. And the two sides have asked for a hearing where they'll kind of fight it out in court in front of the judge. Um, and, you know, Megan will say, you know, you've got to dismiss this case. And Samantha will try to fight back and get the motion to dismiss quashed. Um, there's no date set for it yet. So only time will tell exactly when this happens and what the outcome is. But we will, of course, keep you up to date on Newsweek. And that is it for this episode of The Royal Report. Be sure to join me every week when I visit the latest royal headlines, embark on some royal deep dives, and riff on all things royal. Until next time, I'm Jack Royston. Thank you for listening, and a curtsy to you all. Being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. (laughs) 
It's just like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.